You're listening to the Industry Alchemist podcast. The definition of alchemy is a seemingly magical process of transformation or creation. This podcast exists to hear the stories of entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders doing just that in their industry. We hear about the journey of the brave souls carving a new path, moving their industry and our lives forward in a seemingly magical way. This episode is brought to you by OfficeChief.com. Office Chief exists to make moving your office easy and painless. Moving an office can be a big hassle. On top of running your company, you're thrown into having to figure out what to do. Hire space planners, furniture companies, movers, IT consultants, the list goes on. It only takes two minutes to create a profile and Office Chief gives you a step-by-step action plan and connects you with the top vendors in your market. Moving your office? Log on to officechief.com and make it easy. I'm your host, Matt Brower, co-founder and managing broker of Column Commercial Partners, helping companies save money on their real estate. I'm also founder and CEO of OfficeChief.com, an online resource for businesses moving their office or updating their space. Hey guys, welcome to the Industry Alchemist podcast. I'm your host, Matt Brower, and I am fired up this morning uh, because of our guest today, Elliot Marshall, who is the founder of Easton Training Centers and MMA uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gym with several locations around the uh, metro area. He um, is an MMA fighter himself in his past, uh, went 10 and four uh, in the cage, three and three in uh, UFC. And uh, he's done you know, TED Talks, he's a business leader and has a podcast himself called The Gospel of Fire. Welcome to the show, Elliot. I'm excited to uh, have you on the show. Thanks, Matt. The only thing I have to correct you, I'm not the founder. I'm all Easton's the founder. I, oh, got it. Okay. I'm one of his first students and now uh, the the business partner. So I didn't got I it. didn't found it, but uh, yeah, we are uh, running it. We're yeah, we're 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 chugging along. So That's for sure, That's and it's just the the two of us as the majority owners. Okay, gotcha. Thanks for the correction there. Yeah, no good. No worries. No worries. You and I met, um, I don't know what, a few months back uh, yeah. through our mutual uh, good buddy, Ryan Harris, who actually is a prior episode on this podcast. All right. Ryan's the man. Uh, I love he is, Ryan. Man. He, he's incredible. He brings a lot of power to kind of every situation he's in. A lot of power, a lot of energy, a lot of positivity. Yeah. And really tries to help other people like grow and, and find their thing, you know, which is, I think is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You kind of cut out there for a second. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I said it's just I, I find that Ryan is he's he really is uh, such a powerful dude in the sense that he really tries to help other people grow, and he really sees that dynamic of it's so important to bring people up, and uh, that right. will in turn bring you up. Right. It's incredible. Yeah. So, um, which is a perfect uh, segue into kind of what you're up to because you're yeah. doing the same thing. Um, let's talk about first, I want to get into how you, uh, what the transition was like from when you yourself were in the cage, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in battle, yeah. transitioning into being the coach, being the, you know, developing those leaders, those fighters and kind of, uh, I would imagine it was a big mind shift and tactical shift for you. So I'd always, I've always been teaching. Like, uh, I started in traditional karate, uh, and part of traditional karate is that you have to teach. And then I became what the, one of the main instructors at this karate school. So, uh, that I would, that I did when I was a kid for my whole life. And 
so coaching had never been a thing, uh, a weird thing for me, right? I had always yeah. been doing it. And then when I started fighting, look, um, we had some coaches, but we didn't have like coaches, coaches, like we like, like you have now really, um, or my team didn't, you know, like, uh, so you, you were all kind of mentoring each other, man. I coached all, all my buddies, Yeah, you know, yeah. like I cornered all my friends, like Dwayne coached me and I coached Dwayne Tyler cornered me every, like, you know, and like, look, I'm all, my business partner has always been my jujitsu coach and he cornered me in every fight I've had. So he's my coach on the jujitsu sense, you know, but as far as like fighting goes, like we've been cornering, like we came up corn, we are the generation that cornered each other. Okay. Right. Um, a lot. And that started to change towards the end of our careers. But I mean, my first 10, 15 fights were 10 fights were all, I mean, just me and my homies for the right. most part. So that wasn't a weird thing. So to, to make the transition wasn't so crazy. Um, into coaching now owning a business, what well, that was a big transition, uh, because, you know, your money's on the line now, right? Like your yeah. livelihood's on the line right? and and it's a business. It's not just like me going out and fighting anymore as an athlete where it was all dependent just on me. Uh, so that was a different thing. Uh, I, I was starting to have a family at that time. So it was, uh, yeah, it's pressure, right? You know, it's a different kind of pressure, mm -hmm. uh, but fighting prepares you for for a lot of pressure. For a lot of pressure. <laughs> so, yeah. So in, was it 2011 you transitioned to owning the gym? You're getting involved in owning, owning the gyms, yeah. uh, being more of a... a yeah, so I had my last fight on October the 27th, I believe, or okay. something like that, of yeah. 2011. That was a Saturday night. Uh, so and it was a 28, yeah, maybe 28, whatever it was. And then literally that Tuesday, it was Halloween day. I looked at the building that the Denver location is currently in and I looked at it to purchase. So, wow. um, yeah, like it was First three location. The, no, no, no. The, so there was already smaller locations. Them all had smaller locations. Got it. Got he had it, a got small it, Denver it. school. He had a smaller Boulder school, but this was the first, like, okay, we're going to blow this thing up in a massive way with like a 10,000 square foot building and things like that, yeah. you know? So, um, yeah, it was three, like, you know, three or four days after my last professional fight. You just jumped right in quick. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I don't like, uh, when I get into a pool, I don't walk in the shallow end. I don't like walk down the steps. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Let me, my legs get, no, I jump in the deep end and we, we see what's up. We just do it. Yeah. We just see what's up. Great, sink or swim, great. man. If you, if, if that, if that pressure is on you, sink or swim, you know, yeah. then, uh, you have to swim. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How did you, um, how did you get into fighting? Sounds like you're, you joined karate as a, as a little kid. Was this uh, driven from your parents? Keeping you yeah, no, it wasn't my parents. My uh, karate was just a thing, right? Like I did karate. Mm -hmm. um, how did I get into fighting? I got into fighting because I was not very accepted as a child. Um, and By who? anybody outside of my family, okay. um, you know, at, at karate, I was accepted. Martial arts was where I was accepted. Yeah. Um, but I had no friends, you know, like, uh, I come from an interesting background, right? Like my dad's African-American who grew up during civil rights and my mom's parents survived the Holocaust. So this wow. idea that you're not safe has always been a part of my, was a part of my upbringing. Uh, 
how could it not be right? Especially coming from my grandparents who I spent a ton of time with. Um, when we moved to the neighborhood, uh, that I grew up most of my life in at eight years old, um, the house was vandalized, uh, swastika spray painted on the house. Um, the N word all over the house. Jesus. And this was just, this was my life, you know? So, um, this idea of not being accepted was just how it rolled for me. And I always felt that like, okay, if I could be amazing, if I could be the champion, then people would accept me, right? If I could just be the best. So that is, and, and what I, the, what I was great at or good at at the time was martial arts. So then the UFC came and I was like, okay, I'm going to do that because now that will bring me safety. That will bring me security. And, and, and it will really, um, you know, make me be accepted by somebody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, driven by fear. survival. Yeah. Fear. fear. It's yeah. just fear. Yeah. yeah fear. Which is, which is, yeah. which is cool. And so uh, a lot of the cool shit that happens in the world. Well, it started uh, by fear. Created, it started by fear. <laughs> it started by fear, but the fear made it crumb, made me crumble as well. Right. Which, yeah. you know, and, and it had to turn into love, you know, it yeah. had to turn into like true love for people. Yeah. So uh, one thing that you, I watched your Ted talk that you did what a few months back. Yeah, I did about a month uh, ago. Yeah, yeah, this year. Um, one thing that you said was your power is that you know that you can survive. Mm -hmm. How do you, so I'm a big, uh, very big on, you know, survival versus surviving versus thriving. Right. How do you, uh, how do you reconcile that? Because I mean, I'm looking outside, looking into you and what you're building and, and just who you yeah. are in the world. You're, you're fucking thriving, right? It seems like, uh, I'm not how do right. you, yeah. you don't feel like you are. Uh, well right now my like life is on hold with my martial arts schools, right? Like we're not okay. thriving. We're not thriving at all. Um, I'm just a, I, I'm a go getter. Like I, I'm not mm. afraid to fail. Like it doesn't scare me. Um, and I, I guess that's another thing with fighting. Like I've just, you've, I mean, I got beat up in front of 2 million people. And yeah. the articles that when you Google your name, after you get beat up in front of 2 million people, it's nothing but trash. Everything's trashing you. Yeah. Um, so you just, it, it just becomes like not a thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. it's, it's no big deal. <laughs> you become numb to it. it yeah. It's matter. like, all right. Yeah. Whatever. So uh, yeah. that doesn't happen now when I fail, like no one even knows about it. So, <laughs> right. Like I know, but it's so uh, it, it doesn't, uh, I have no fear of that. Um, now, to be able to thrive, in my opinion, which I think is the goal, mm -hmm. you have to know how to survive. And I think this is one of our biggest problems. Um, and I guess, like even take COVID, for example, right? Everyone's in this COVID thing, right? Yeah. Uh, look, man, we just got to keep our heads above the water. And this is what fighting teaches you. There, there's not, you don't always win in fighting. Like you have to be, somebody's on top of you. They're beating you up. Now you have a choice. You can just say, you should, you can just ignore it and say, fuck it and see what happens and see if you get out or you can take the right steps, um, to make sure that, uh, you survive and see the next round, yeah. right? Cause there's always the, the bell rings and then there's another round coming. Right. But if you act when you get into a little bit of trouble, let's say in round one and you're losing, if you just start throwing haymakers and seeing if they land, which you know isn't the most skillful action, because you you can't survive the chaos of losing, 
then how, then you're not really giving yourself a chance to thrive. Mm, yeah. Does it, if, does that analogy make sense? It, it, absolutely. It does. Yeah. It's like, um, stay centered on the tactics and the, and the ways that you know how to survive and win. And that's what will have you do that. Right. They say in sports, right. Defense wins championships. Defense yeah. has never won a championship. Not one time ever. Right. Scoring points has won championships. You right. have to have offense, but if you can't defend, right. If you can't like, let's just use football because of Ryan, if you can't stop the run, if, yeah. if you can't put pressure on the quarterback, if you can't do these things, you're not winning. Like you just won't because the other team will possess the ball for the whole time. Right. Mm -hmm. You'll barely have the ball. And then we know that if, if you lose ball, if you lose the ball possession, ball control, uh, time, like if you have less, way less of it, the other team's winning. Yeah. Right. That's defense. Can you get off the field? Right. But no, but that's not what scores the points. That's not what racks. Right. But if you don't do that, if you can't defend, then there's no thriving. You don't give the Tom Brady's and the Peyton Manning's the chance to even thrive. The opportunity, right. The exactly. opportunity. Yeah. So in business, it's, uh, it's all on you, right? There's no offense and defense, mm. but you have to be able to survive. You have to be able to, okay, I can't do this right now. Like I got to look where we are. What, what are the steps I need to take so that when COVID ends or when this ends or when that ends, that I'm, I'm ready and in place to then thrive. Yeah. You're about to, you know, call snap and, uh, have your, have your offense run down the field. Yeah, man. I got them second and one, right? Like second one's amazing, right? Cause you yeah. still got third down. So where you, if you need to run the ball, you can, but second one, they're expecting you to run the ball, but you can run everything, right? You can yeah. run slants. You can run deep routes. You can run whatever the, the whole playbook's open. Yeah. Right. The whole playbook's open, but that comes from understanding the trenches, understanding how to get to second and one over and over and over again. Exactly. You know? So that's, yeah. You know. I relating to my industry, commercial real estate, my, my brokerage team, <laughs> there's, you know, my industry is about to get rocked. I think beyond anything we've ever seen, I've been in the industry 18 years. This is going to be my third, you know, cycle or dip right. in the economy and the industry, whatever. And I mean, we are, as I'm telling my team, I have watched some brokers in town have their best years ever in a down market. It's about getting creative. It's about staying in action. And it's about uh, anticipating what might uh, be how it operates next and what can you create uh, to flow within that. Uh, we're working a lot of that cool stuff right now. So it's fun. It's really fun conversation to be around. And I would also say sticking to your core values. Yeah. Right? Like having values that, um, for me in business, it's such an important thing, like, uh, defining what the, the business's core values are, mm. uh, things that you're willing to lose friends and money over. What are Easton's yeah. core values? Uh, integrity, stewardship, uh, gotta have them somewhere all written down. Sorry. Integrity, yeah, no stewardship, humility, things like that. Right. Like, yeah. uh, that really, uh, respect and honor people because, mm. uh, you're, I mean, you're in the commercial real estate business. I'm in the martial arts business, yeah. but I, I don't think that those are the businesses we are in. We're in the people business. Yeah. Like every business is the people business and how you take care of treat and deal with not just the customer, but the, your, your employees, um, and what the culture of your business is, is such an important piece to, uh, success. 
right? Yeah. Success, you know? I'm reading this book, Leaders Eat Last. Um, and he talks about, and, and it's a leadership book, right? Uh, but he talks about who would you sit in a foxhole with, right? Who, if you had to make a choice, who would you choose to be in a foxhole with? Yeah. And man, like, it's just been a very interesting, like, who would you choose? Right? Like, yeah, that's an interesting thing to think about. And if you have people in your business, right, that are in the higher parts of your business that you wouldn't sit in a foxhole with, you have a problem. Wow. <laughs> that's a great. Right? You have a problem. Powerful to think about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have a problem because it yep. can't come down to just you, you, them, you surviving. When you're mm -hmm. in a foxhole with somebody, you both got to survive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? That's, that's what it is. Because if I, if I die, most likely you're going to die too. I'll have to check that book out. Um, Leaders eat last. Leaders eat last. Simon Sinek. Oh, it's si one of Simon's books. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of that guy. I mean, like, dude, I'm going to ruin it a little bit, but, uh, just one story in it. And it's this foxhole concept. Yeah. You know, Simon Sinek is following this Marine, uh, officer around general, or I don't remember his rank, but, uh, he, the Marine, the officer was late to a meeting and he hates being late. So afterwards, Simon goes, Hey man, why were you late? You know, like, cause this is one of your things. He's like, ah, I had to deal with an issue. He's like, do you mind? I asked the issue. He's like, yeah, we had to kick somebody out of officer school, which is a big deal. You wow. know? And he's yeah. like, well, why'd you kick him out? And he's like, ah, oh, he fell asleep on watch. And Simon's oh, like, what? <laughs> he's like, come on, man. This can't be the first person in officer training that fell asleep on watch. Yeah. You know, he's like, no, of course not. He's like, you kick everybody out that falls asleep on watch. He's like, no, there was another guy that fell asleep on watch too. He's still in training. He's like, well, what made it that you kicked one out and not the other? He's like, the one dude said he didn't fall asleep on watch. And then oh, we God. asked him again and he fell asleep and he wouldn't admit it. And then we showed him the video and then he came up and he, and he finally fessed up. He's like, you can't be in a foxhole with that dude. It's not that they fell asleep on watch. It's that he didn't own the fact that he fell asleep on watch. Yeah. So that's integrity, right? Lack of integrity. Lack yep. of integrity. And, and that's just, that goes to a, a value of who that human being is, mm. you know, and, and we cannot afford to have that human being in charge of other human beings because it's not a leader. That, that are literally uh, in life and death. Right. Situations. Life and death situations because right. it's not a leader. Wow. That person cannot lead. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you more about, so uh, watching your TED talk, yeah. you told the story about how you um, realizing that, you know, you had all this fear and anxiety built up right. when you, and you called all of your, you know, people, hundreds or whatever people right. together, and you just laid it on the line. I uh, wanted to dig a little more into that. Like, it seems like you found a lot of power in your fire in, in that complete, what I would call vulnerability and authenticity. Can you talk about kind of how, what got you to that point and what has it turned into since? The other way it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, like the hiding it, hiding just didn't, it didn't work. Like it wasn't working. Like this officer <laughs> that got canned. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't working. Not like I, like it, it just, uh, I felt like I had to put on this front of who I wasn't. Mm. of how I had to scream how tough I was because I knew deep down inside there was this devil, this, this demon that just ate away at my soul. Um, I couldn't scream anymore, man. 
Yeah. You know, I just couldn't that, scream anymore. Exhausting. Yeah. It, I broke. I just completely broke. And um, I guess the thought process behind doing it was that, man, everyone in this fucking building right now looks at me like my pictures on the wall. Mm. Um, I fought in the UFC. Uh, if the, and I, I guess I'm tooting my horn a little here, but like if they, if they won half of the stuff that I won, they'd be ecstatic. Mm-hmm. Maybe they need to know how weak I am. <laughs> you know, maybe they need to know this, this terrible side of me too. And that way it could bring us together a little more. Like, um, yeah, cause you got, you got connected to that. This exists for everyone. Every oh, yeah. fucking person oh, yeah. deals with this. Let's just throw it on the mat. Yeah. So <laughs> I love it. I, I just think it's a problem that we have going on right now, personally, that yeah. everyone likes to scream how great they are. I'm the best. I'm the greatest. And, um, you know, you've never heard do that. You've never heard Tom Brady say he's the goat. I don't even think you see, you hear Michael Jordan say he's the goat, right? Like, he, I mean, he'll deny that LeBron's the goat and I agree with him, but like, you don't <laughs> like when you're the best, you don't have to tell anybody. Yeah. They tell you. Exactly. Right? They tell you how great you are, you know? Um, so, and I'm not saying you should go. I got, trust me. I don't, I don't run around screaming that I'm a weak piece of shit because I mean, that's a lie too. Right. But the, what makes me strong is not all the times that, uh, that it was easy for me to show up and win. It's you know? your ability. Yeah. And, it, and it's your ability to be completely authentic and just yeah. be real. My kid, we talk about like having skillful days, you know, and my kid yeah. suffers from anxiety like I do. And last week, you know, he, or two weeks ago, I don't know when it was, he, you know, he woke up and was having some panic and, and we had to work through it. And then we got through it, you know, and uh, he goes, ah, dad, sorry. It wasn't that skillful of a morning. And I was like, no, dude, it was your most skillful morning. And he's like, what do you mean? It was my most skillful morning. Dad, I, I woke up. I was a little bit of a mess and blah, blah, blah. Mm. I was like, yeah, but look, you got through it. That's like, it's not how we show up on our best day when the sun's shining and we're feeling good, like, man, it's so easy to show up on that day. That's the mm. easiest day to show up skillfully and with integrity and with purpose and, and just be ready to go. How do you show up on the worst day of your motherfucking life? Mm-hmm. Right? Like mm-hmm. how do you show up in those moments? And that's when we're, and that's the, the measure of greatness. That's the, like the Michael Jordan flu game, right? Like, why do we love that game? Cause it's the, you, he couldn't have felt worse. And I keep relating right. things back to sports because it's just such an easy comparison, right? It really like, is. Yeah. It's just so easy. Like, why is that game legendary? You know, it's because of that. Like, uh, he was so sick, had to go to the hospital, all these things afterwards, but it didn't matter. He didn't he showed up like a boss? How do you show up in the worst moments. Can you take a breath? Can you realize who you are? Can you find your core values and know who you are as a human being and then walk, walk into the space with, with love and care of another human being. Mm. And that's what, in my opinion, uh, from my perspective, this is how it's gone uh, successful for me. That's great. I am finally getting around by the way, uh, to watching the last dance Mm. Jordan's, uh, uh, kind of documentary of his, yeah, his career it's amazing. Life. Yeah. man, it's good. 
there's you know there's there's great and there's bad and he knows yeah. it right there's great yeah. and, there's, and there's bad and there's things you can take from all of it so yeah <clears throat> excuse me yeah so um, oh go ahead no that was it go ahead yeah um i wanted to one thing i wanted to ask you i'm so curious so I, i've been in sales my whole life right um Years ago, I think we're talking 2003, I was at a big national real estate firm. They flew me and several hundred other young brokers out to California for sales training three days. Uh, the last guy who spoke to us, kind of the rah-rah, kick your, you know, kick your ass, go take over the world, uh, riles up guy. He has this uh, sales training and he talks about tactics and mindset of sales. And this so translates uh, to being, I wanted to ask you about like, is there's obviously tactics of battle in the cage that you, that you teach your students. Mm -hmm. What do you, uh, what do you offer them in terms of mindset? Cause it's got, I know that's a big part of sports in general and it has yeah. to be when you're walking into that cage and you're nervous as hell. Who are you? This is what I'm working on a lot with my athletes right now. Who are you? Because we have to know who we are. Mm. And if you don't know who you are and you don't know, <clears throat> you don't know what you stand for, um, in your deepest, darkest moments, you'll crumble. Right. How like, you, yeah. What, what's who are drive you? drive you in those moments? Right. Like what, what is it? What that, like you talk about an it factor, mm -hmm. right? Um, you have to know who you are. How do and people you, get, uh, how do people get there? How do people get that? How, how do you get to know who you are? Yeah. You ask yourself questions. You ask yourself questions. Why am I here? Why mm. am I doing this? What's back my, to the Simon Sinek. What's back my to the why? Simon. What's my why? Why? But I love him this? so much. Yeah. yeah it's incredible. Why am I doing this? Not, not, not for who and for what, right? What is it that I stand for in the world? Hmm. Right, because it's got to be something bigger. You can't, it can't be about you. Yeah. So even the cage, even the cage is so about you. But when it comes down to it, I have to be able to look you in the eye in that third round when your face is a bloody mess and their face is a bloody mess. And I have to be able to ask you who you are and you have to be able to answer that question so simply. It has to come out of your mouth like, like, you get up and walk every day, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you don't think about taking a step, it just happens. So in, in, if you don't know that, um, it can shift here and it can shift there. It's what I talked about in my Ted talk, right? Um, I had shown up <clears throat> in my second to last fight. I quit in the fight. Like I, I folded and try, I didn't know who I was when I was fighting. I, yeah. I did not know. Um, and that's why I'm probably not a champion. That's probably one of the reasons, you know, um, I quit in that fight and I had no clue why that coward Elliot showed up. Yeah. Like, so in the next fight, when I'm describing crying in my hotel room before the fight, you know, and, and not wanting to go fight, um, it's because I didn't know why the coward showed up. I had no reason to know why the coward wasn't going to show up again. Like, was he, was he not? you know, who fucking knows. And that's what I was scared of, man. I had lost before I've been, you know, I've been beaten before. It's not the losing. It's the, how am I going to present Elliot to the world? Mm. You know, right. Like, yep. so, and, and the last time I presented like a total coward. So am I going to do that again? 
It was the not knowing who was going to show up in a right. given situation. Right. Wow. But now I know who's going to show up. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I know who's going to show up in my situations. Yeah. And, and sticking to those core values mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, drive yourself, all that is keeps you there. And it's so trendy it core values yeah. and yada, yada. Right. But look, if you, and, and I'm not and look, just look at yourself, right? Like, so you're, you you think you're going to head into a recession, right? We're, we're headed for a recession. Um, mm-hmm. and I think we are headed there regardless of who wins this fucking election, but yeah, um, I agree. I yeah. Agree. You know, like it's impossible <laughs> not to, um, right. but you're headed there. Uh, are you going to start making bad deals for your clients where in two years they'll be fucked, but you'll be able to make the sale right now? Exactly. Uh, I'm actually telling so many clients that want to buy buildings. Now is not the time. Right. I cannot tell you uh, in all honesty that, yeah, I, I need a commission. So we got to go do this. No, no, no. Let's wait till next year. Cause Let's this wait. is what I see coming. That, right. Yeah. And, and may, and maybe that means you might not be able to take that trip this year, or maybe right. you might not be right. Like, but, but that's a core value. Yeah. Right. That's a core value. Now, if you didn't have them as a human, right. Then you would make the sale and do what you needed and like fucking part a, right. Because your life would be better. Yeah. But someday you got to, sometime you got to look in the fucking, like you can't, you can't lie to yourself when you wake up and you have no makeup on. Right. And you're about to brush your teeth and your breath stinks. Yeah. And, and you, right. Like, and you look awful. There's no lying to yourself every day when you look in the mirror. Yeah. You know who you are. And that shit will catch up to you. And that shit will catch up to you. Yeah. Cool, man. God. Yeah. That's great. So I want to, uh, I like to close these out by uh, just asking like rapid fire questions. So listeners can get to know you more personal level Yeah. and really what drives you. So do you have a morning routine? Do you have like a self care? This keeps me on my game. What does that look like for you? I wake up and I meditate right away. Um, for how long? I, uh, about 10 to 15 minutes, you know? Right. And then after, after I meditate, I roll to my knees and I have gratitude time and I thank mm. the universe. So it's almost like I pray. Right. But I mm. just say, thank you. Cause I'm, uh, for, I, uh, thank you for my, my, my children, my wife, my family, my friends and my students. And I thank the universe for my problems. Um, I appreciate all the opportunities that I get for someone that I get to have in my life and that I get to create for others. Um, I go through that and then I just make, I just repeat the four agreements to myself. Um, I'll be impeccable with my word. I'll take nothing personally. I make no assumptions. Uh, I will always do my best. And then I just remind myself that, that this Elliot, this Elliot that exists right now, he's enough. You know, I'm enough. Yeah. I I don't have to, I don't have to be more. So yeah, yeah, that's my morning routine. Who have been, uh, heroes super impactful in some way to you humans that either exist now or, or have in the past so for me yeah. um the first people i look to and i when i struggle are my grandparents mm. and, I, and i think about them just because they survived the holocaust man and then i don't know i don't know of a worse place that you could try to survive so when things go really really dark for me um they made it so therefore i can make it like yeah. they, whatever i'm going through is not worse than that um, and, uh, particularly my grandfather at the end of his life, because he saw everyone die except for me, my, me, my mom, and my sister. 
He saw his wife die. He saw his son die. He's, he's the only member of his family that survived the Holocaust. So even when it comes down to like the death of a child, he saw it. You know, and my uncle wasn't a child at the time, but I don't think it's any different. If your kid dies at, at 50 or your kid dies at 10, it, I'm sure it's just as brutal, yeah, you know? Yeah. So that's who I look to. Um, as far as who do I look to to get inspired, man, I love The Rock, man. I love oh, The Rock. You know? Dude. I love him because he's up like, to so much cool shit in life. It's amazing. And he's open about who he is. Yeah. Right? And, and he's suffered and he's gotten through and he, and he, he has failed and failed. And, and like you, he just failed his way to the top, you know, yeah. I love, I love the rock. Him? No, uh, I have not. Um, and one day. Not to, one day. So, you know, there's one some day. people, um, I love the Obamas and not to, you know, a, away from the political sense, um, yeah. particularly Michelle, right. In the sense that, uh, I guess I resonate with Barack because we're the same where, where I'm Obama black as Ryan likes to call it. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> ah, okay. so like yeah. my dad's black, my mom's white. Like, so I, I resonate there, but the story of Michelle Obama for me is, is like, man, um, if, if any one of our children could have half, half as much of the upward mobility that that lady had before she met her husband, Mm-hmm. you would call that great success. Now just remove her political. I, I don't care about the political ideology, right? right? Yeah. The human. Um, just the human being that she is. Yeah. So, um, and I agree and disagree on some of their politics and blah, blah, like whatever, but that, that, that doesn't matter, but just the human being that, that she is. Um, yeah. Like, you know, so, cool. and then, <clears throat> you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, that that that's who I, that's, that's who I look to. One of mine right now. Cool. Yeah. Uh, last question, um, and I love this question. I love to hear what what people mm-hmm. say. What is your superpower? Uh, I can survive. You know it, man. I'm a survivor. Uh, I'm I'm a fighter in every sense of the word when it comes down to fighting. Um, and my superpower is that I can empower people. Awesome. Right. I I can. You can transfer that uh, to, mm-hmm. to, to others. Teach them. I help you find your superpower, right? Like when, when you are around my goal and every, uh, my goal is to empower every, every person that comes in contact with me. And I don't care if it's for five minutes, five hours, five years, or five decades. Mm-hmm. The goal is to empower you in that time. Yeah. And that's where the impeccable with my word thing comes, right? Because sometimes that's a hard thing, right? Like, because some, some things you can say can be disempowering, right? And even if it's just a, a second, right? Even if it's just a second, if you disempower somebody mm-hmm. for a second, that's a mistake, right? That's yeah. a mistake. Yeah. And whether they're being a Karen or, or, or being this <laughs> or being whatever it is you want to say, yeah. right? What's the goal? What's, what's, what's the North star? What are you pointing at? All right. Could you do it more skillfully? Dude, I love it. I love it. Great conversation. Thanks, uh, Matt. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you so much again for being on this show. I uh, love spending time with you every time. Yeah, let's and, go get another. Uh, let's let's go hang out, out again. again. It was fun, man. I yeah, really enjoyed absolutely. it. Yeah. We'll get Ryan out again. For sure. for sure, man. Great. Well, I'll let you get back to it, man. Uh, thanks again. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Guys, I hope everyone goes out there and finds their power. Thank you. Cheers.